Hi, it's Candace Patton, and you're listening to The Flash Podcast. Flash podcast, your podcast for all things ready to see the abuse of Flash, starring Greg Gerson as Baron, aka The Flash. I'm one of the hosts, and the B as always, it would be our Suara and Tanny. Hi. Hi, guys. Hey, how's it going? It's doing well. Um, how are you doing, Tanny? I am tired, but ready to talk about the Iris West Allen show. Yes. Uh, but before we do that, we have some news, and it's um, I, I feel like we're gonna have like things to talk about the crossover like almost every week until we get to them. So there's been a lot of reveals, and, and we're gonna go through them one by one, like just briefly. And, and I think the, the the biggest one, maybe the most controversial reveal that I think any crossover has ever had, um, is that so the Stephen Amell who plays uh, Green Arrow, aka Oliver Queen, uh-huh. he released on his Twitter page that two days ago uh, a poster for for the Elseworlds crossover, and um, something is not right because Grant Gustin is wearing the fla- the Green Arrow costume and Stephen Amell is wearing the Flash costume, so we're getting into we are really getting into Elseworlds so. Oliver, Stephen Amell will be playing the Flash, and Grant Gustin will be playing the Green Arrow. From in one Fl- of these worlds. In one of these worlds, and um, people had thoughts, and it was definitely like, there was a lot of positive, you know, like a lot of like fun positive reactions. There was a lot of what WTF reactions to So I'm one of those. Yeah, it's one. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think Sora was the was. He was the pissed. Yeah. He was the angry one out of us. I think Taddy was the the shrugging one, and I was the confused one. And I don't know what Andrew thinks, but let's let's discuss this. Laura, the floor is yours for now. So the Flash costume and Barry Allen's inhabitants of it is very sacred. Seeing <laughs> Stephen and Mel's uh, Oliver Queen in the Flash costume, that is an accursed image. It really wounded my soul to see that, and oh my it just—it just really, yeah. I, 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 I do not approve. It's an wow, accursed image. With this. Yeah, I know. I just don't want this, guys. I really don't want this. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, yeah, it's okay. I'm sorry they're doing this to you. I have just a lot of questions. I mean. Uh, the way that Steven posited it was saying, I am Barry Allen, I'm the fastest man alive. But then Karina McKenzie, who is his BFF slash a writer for the originals and now Roswell, said it was a body swap and he agreed with her. So now I'm like, if it's a body swap, then 
Stephen should, then it would make sense, like, Stephen is playing Barry in our world. But if it's an AU where Stephen is playing Oliver, but Oliver is the Flash, you know, like, it's a different thing. So I'm just wondering which rabbit hole they're going to take us down. Because it makes more sense for it to be an AU, but a body swap is funnier. Wait, so when did, when did Karina say this was to Steven on Twitter? Yeah, she quoted his picture, and she was like, remember when you told me I'd never guess the concept, and I immediately said body swap? And then he said, yep. So, so that made me think it was a body swap. But the way that Steven posited it, or the fact that it's Elseworlds, really, makes me think that it's, you know, that's just one of the worlds. And I don't know. I don't know which one I'd prefer, honestly. Because, you know, it's not like I, I'm not clamoring for either. And honestly, the way that they've, you know, been promoting the crossover so far is like, watch Stephen and Grant do these things, which is great for Stephen and Grant. But I'm like, what is Batwoman doing? You know, what is Lois doing? Obviously, what is Iris doing? Because I'm always asking that question. Um, but, you know, what are any of the ladies doing, basically? So... I'm also just really confused by, like, how many plot lines they're going to have in this crossover. You know, we've got Gotham, we've got alternate, excuse me, alternate Earths, we've got now body switching, apparently. It's like they're going all out on every single angle, even though we don't have the legends in this crossover. It's almost as though their spirit isn't happening yet. <laughs> It'll be as zany as a Legends episode. Well, at least this year we won't have a crossover, you know, at least this year's crossover won't end with, because I, and I'm, look, I, everyone loves, I I know, I love Legends, but for the past two crossovers, it's always been their episode that ends with what makes me most frustrated with the crossover, so I wonder if we may actually get to avoid that this year, which would be hilarious. Because last year, you know, it was, um... It was the, the double it, wedding. Yeah, the year before that, it was um, Supergirl getting sidelined by Oliver, and mm-hmm. and the fight, and, and the fight as as fun as it was, um, but it was kind of underwhelming in the end, as in a retrospective, because you know, like yeah, they destroyed a metal human bomb, and it was just like I don't like the, it was a boring rooftop scene mostly. So yeah, I will like, for me like I. I'm still, I mean, of course I'm sad that the Legends won't be in it, but at the same time, I think it might be good, good because this time we won't, like, we won't, we, we will have half as, you know, many characters as we had before, so, um, mm-hmm. and apparently the Legends are doing, like, some sort of, of their own, like, quote-unquote crossover episode that same week, which, you know, I'm like, cool. That would be fun. Uh, yeah, um... But this one, this crossover looks like it's gonna be massive regardless, so... Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, yeah, how, totally. I, I don't know how I'm fe- how, how to feel about this thing because I because I don't I, as long as it doesn't mean that we're just gonna that this is the only performer we're gonna see of Steven and Grant. Like, like I still want to see you know our Barry and our Oliver and so on. Like, kind of like I would almost rather if they meet these alternate Barry and Oliver like in the same scenes, just kind of give reactions to it and. Um, because there's still a part of me that is still really confused and worried that this is going to be like an uh, out of continuity thing where it's like it doesn't like you know the, uh, like we we won't even see our Earth One heroes. But then, as Taddy said, we do have Bad Woman. So like, how do you set up Bad Woman if you didn't start suddenly you know introducing these one offs? So, um, no, but I think I mean. 
if they can do this right, where it doesn't feel cheesy or goofy, or whatever. I mean, of course, it's going to be hilarious seeing. The, I mean, I, I, again, I don't know like if there is this literal body swap, because like, would that mean that Steven would be literally playing Barry in Oliver's body, wearing the costume, and would that mean that Grant would be playing Oliver? It would be playing Barry in Oliver's body as the Green Arrow. Like, I don't know. It's it. That's what I'm really confused about. In, in in all seriousness, I just wonder why something like that is needed when it's obvious they're going to be dealing with so many larger things and so many basically universe-threatening things. We know that a monitor is involved in here, so. I don't know. Maybe it's like they go to a bunch of alternate Earths in one episode. They're trying to save the multiverse or something like that. And they go to a dimension where they switch bodies or something like that. I don't know. It's just, it's very, you're right, Andy. It's very confusing. And I guess we'll just have to wait to see how it plays out. Well, see, here's the thing. Yeah. I, well, that's the thing. I don't, because at first I kept thinking, well, what if it's just a cameo? But then I realized, but it, there's no way they could, it could just be a cameo because they, we started Steven here. He got fitted for, you know, he got you know, sculpt, you know, like they put on the, the weird gluey thing to kind of, like, you know, you know, take a you know measure of his face, whatever and so on. So like, I guess this is not just a cameo. Like it, he will essentially play some big part as a Flash in the episode. Um, mm-hmm. But like, but like, let's think about it because we're, we're going to Gotham City. We're going to Arkham Asylum. We're dealing with the Elseworld aspect. We're getting the monitor in this episode. We're getting. Bad woman in this episode. We're getting Superman and Lois Lane in the direction in this episode. They, I wonder like how do, how they can fit everything in, and it makes me even wonder: Are they gonna cut some of the supporting characters from the other shows? Like, yes. Why? What if we actually don't see Alex and or anyone else from Earth Thirty Eight join Supergirl this year? What if uh, on um, on air, like, because we know Emily and David are in it, and supposedly I think Juliana Harkavy is also in it, but I, I don't think I've seen if Echo and Rick or Katie, Ka- I, well, they're never going to give me Katie Cat's in the crossover because they hate me, so, but, like, I don't know if was, if Rick and Echo is in it, and, um, and, and then on the flash, like, I, you know, so far, it, it is, you know, the regular trio, you know, like, Iris, um, I guess, like, if Kat is, you know, if she's posting anything on social media uh, about the crossword, then Danielle, and then Carlos, um, and then and then I will also have Ralph. So, yeah, I know. Uh, will... Yeah, I mean, for me, I think that we're going to get to see, hopefully, most of the cast members in their own episode. Because, like, for example... Uh, on social media, Grant or Steven, someone posted their little their little biker gang outfits, and McCod was with them. So we can assume that's a Supergirl episode. Um, and that's obviously a different Earth from the body swap. So, or a different, you know, episode from the body swap, I would assume. Uh, but then on the other hand, um, I don't think that a large number will be crossing over. So, like, Danielle said in an interview that she was happy and felt nostalgic because fewer people were crossing over to different shows this time around. So, that probably means that it's just going to be Cisco, Caitlin, uh, and Barry crossing over to the other shows from Flash. Um, yeah. Does that mean that we won't see Iris and Lois meet? I mean, maybe maybe they'll meet in the Flash episode. I don't know. I, Candace has been in L.A. since last week, so... Yeah, that has me worried. Uh, that has me worried. Yeah, 
And um, so, uh, yeah, so basically I'm, I'm, I'm not super excited for this crossover, except for I want to see Lois and I want to see and I want to see Kate. And that's pretty much my only interest in, in the crossover at this point in time. So we'll we'll see what happens that might, you know, might make it a little more exciting. Yeah, honestly, same. I just want to see like these new, really great new characters and potential character interactions. If they don't have Lois and Iris meet, that would be such a waste. I mean, come on. It's such a prime like storyline, like we were talking about before, like or you were talking on ladies with gumption as well, like for mm-hmm. them to meet, them to have like this really great potential friendship and maybe mentorship and like, ugh, come on, get yeah. to CW. Yeah, well, and with Kara too. Like I'm sure that Lois and Kara will at least interact. So I'm excited for that because Kara has been, you know, getting back into reporting as well. So as long as as long as we get something, you know. Mm, but anyway. Anyway. Well well I mean I will say this. I think it's like I think people should definitely they should not get their high their hopes high for Lois and Iris doing a journalist story. I don't think that's gonna happen at all in the world. But like I think it's definitely within the realm of possibility that they will at least meet and at least share like maybe like a, a minute of screen time together or whatnot, and uh, where they talk maybe something, but. Because I def- we definitely know that Lois will be in... Because when I broke the casting breakup for, for Lois laying on, on the hashtag show, it specifically said that she's only appearing in the Flash and Supergirl episodes. So she won't even be on Arrow. And right. So, yeah. And I just realized something. What if on this, 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 on this other Earth, what if Iris is with Steven's Flash and yep. Felicity is with yep. Grant's Green Arrow? Nope. Yeah. Nope. Someone I saw someone tweeted I saw someone tweeted that was like these showrunners just love for Elicity and the West Allen fans to be at each other's throats. <laughs> oh. Oh. No 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 nope. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about the switching. Nope. Burn it with fire. You don't want nope. a wife swap? You know you're not into wife swapping? <laughs> I mean, and Nor- I don't know. And Nora, and Nora will be like can you imagine if we see Nora and she's like a different a different Nora who is Steven Amell's Flash's daughter. Yeah, but but if it's that's the thing. If it's not a body swap, if it's just an AU where Barry is Green Arrow and Oliver is Flash, then we could see like Iris as the Black Canary and Felicity as a journalist yeah. or something like that. You know, and that, that's really cute that you. Be... That's really cute that you think that uh, that Iris will get to be the Black Canary. You know, she won't. A... I know she won't. Obviously, God, it, because they don't. But... Like... Because they don't like the Black Canary. They don't. They just don't like the Black Canary. Well, they like the Black Canary. They just don't like a certain actress getting to be the Black Canary. Let's be. Let's be honest. Because well, they're like for, oh, for a second. Hey. I, for a second, I really thought you said lesbian on as as in like because I just saw Pitch Perfect a couple of days ago. Yes, oh, yes, yes, I'm late. Yeah. But then I remember I like, when Amy, you know, when Amy, said, to, you know, lesbian yeah. on as I thought that literally that's what you said. I had to credit someone in my in my group chat. With the with the uh, with the idea for Iris B. Black Canary, and I love it, and I wish it would happen. But you're right; it's not going to happen. Um, anyway, I agree. The point is, though, that it, in an AU, they could still be with their intended, you know, with their intended, but in a different situation instead of having to have, you know, Candace and Stephen kiss. Right, that's I, fair. Yeah. Oh my god, I saw um, I saw someone at uh, on Twitter at uh, Deus Padan. Feeding my West Island, da da da, love. Yes, with, with, yes. 
a all good... the all the Steven and Candace gifts. <laughs> yeah, where Steven is like, it's not my it's not my face, folks. Uh, and and it kind of looks at him like, okay, boy, just move away. And then they, they hug in one gif, and then they hug on another uh, Getty image picture, and I'm just like. Mm-hmm. I'm so scared that this will happen. Um, yeah, but to say the least, um, this was... <laughs> I, I'm mixed on this reveal. If they can execute it well, great. Um, mm-hmm. But so far, I'm excited for the crossover, and I'm excited... You know, again, Elseworlds, this is the point of Elseworlds, so... Um, we will see. Yeah. But then, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Even if even if it's not like I'm not like super excited for it, but I think it's gonna be fun to see Grant, Steven, and hopefully Melissa stretch their acting muscles in different situations. Yeah, that should be good. Yeah, what would Kara play on a different herb? That's what I wonder. That's what I would I would love to know that too. Maybe Power Girl, Karen, Star? Yeah, she's Power Girl. Yeah. As long as they don't do the classic classic costume then. Where, okay, I, there's I can't find any way to say when they when when her boobs are like really big because I will say this I oh yeah every time these fa- like mm-hmm. fanboys cry but like we want to see Power Girl and Supergirl I think it's just because they want to see <laughs> the big mm-hmm. breasts of Supergirl and I'm just like no <laughs> we're not gonna do that and it's always funny like how they always suggest it's just, you know like someone should else would play Power Girl I'm like well you know if it's why would she look different from Melissa Benoist Right, if she shouldn't look different. Yeah, so yeah, I just think Power Girl in the Arrowverse is just a bad idea altogether. And you can add me, and I. Won't I mean, care. They, they they can do it well. You know, they can be subversive with it. They can, I don't know, like sort of make her like I, I kind of like Galatea from Justice League Unlimited. You know, that was essentially a version of Power Girl. So you know, something like that could be really cool. Well, now that we've seen, we've seen Bizarro Girl, we've seen you know, Overgirl, whatever, and so on. I'm I'm done with evil Supergirls at this point. Like, not that Melissa couldn't play it. I'm just I don't need to see another evil version of of Kara. Although I, you know she loves playing evil Supergirl, she chews up those scenes whenever she is evil. Well, then give her Red Kryptonite, and then, and then we're good. But uh, something else that Grant and Steven revealed this week is that um, they're playing the Trigger Twins, which are apparently in the comics. Yep, it's a horrible name for a duo, but sure, uh-huh. it, make, it makes it, it makes it sound that they're just very, very aggressive. They're dressed in these. Like, they are very aggressive. They're dressed in these like biker gang outfits, and yeah, I don't know what this means. And they go to a Earth where they're a biker boy band or something. Yeah, like they're probably gonna be <laughs> no. they're probably gonna be villains. And the question is the question is is Superman their like dark leader because he's in that black outfit or is he just emo? Well, I mean, listen, Superman's always emo. His entire planet was blown up. <laughs> That's yeah. true. He has a reason. He has a reason to be emo. Well, except Superman Returns because that was just creepy. Um, yeah, so Superman is getting a dark suit. Um, and I tweeted this, and I said, you know, I think a bunch of error, I think a bunch of DCEU fans just got really pissed off, and I gotta say, I totally get their anger, cause oh, cause it's the outfit that he should have had in Justice League. Yeah, I mean, they they freaking they shot a scene, they shot scenes, like you know, like they had the costume there, 
and they just you know but again WB they effed up the movie and so on but um yeah like like what do you guys think of of the of of the of that photo reveal when we saw their if they if they put if they get on motorcycles I'm gonna crack it I'm gonna laugh my ass off like if they're running if they're driving in on motorbikes and they're like you know like being gangsters or whatever and so on I'm gonna I'm gonna lose that too. I hope we see it I hope we see it. Just to make me angry. <laughs> Just to make you angry. No, I think I think that, you know, obviously it's something they're going to have fun with. They look like they're, I don't know, like going to rob a casino or something. I don't know. Rob a casino. We'll see. Oh my god, rob a casino. Um, or, or a bank. They could just be regular bank robbers. It makes you think of Grant and Tom, or Tom and Grant. Whatever that short film that they made was called. Mm-hmm. So I hope, I hope that's the vibe we get from them. Because they just look like, you know, incompetent bank robbers. Think, wow, wow, that's, that's nice. Um... Do you have um, do you have any thoughts, Warren? Uh, I don't know. I think it's just like happens to be another Earth they're going to where they they're probably evil, and we see like whenever we get an evil version of our heroes, they're always dressed in all black and you know leather. So yeah, that's just what I assumed. Um, it looks like, sorry to sidetrack for a second, it looks like we may have gotten a new image from the crossover. Andy, like in the, have you seen this one about with uh, Cisco and Caitlin? That is Boz Logic's artwork. I literally, it was, <laughs> um, if people want to know, I, while, while I, we were talking, I sent, uh, in our group, I sent an image of Daniel as Cisco, as Vibe and Carlos as Killer Frost and it's just it's just artwork, it's just artwork. Okay, never mind. Yeah, uh, let's let's edit this out. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm not gonna edit this out. Um, no, but I, I love this. Uh, is embarrassing. Yeah, well then you shouldn't have said it. Uh, I gotta give props to Boz Logic for his. He made um, Cara and Oliver swap too. Um, where Oliver is Supergirl and M- M- and Melissa is Green Arrow, and I'm like, hey, listen, for some reason I buy this way more than I buy this, you know, Green Arrow Flash swap. Um, also because I think Steven look would actually look really good with long blonde hair. Like that's the thing that was so surprising. Like, like Boss Logic gave me an idea that I that I actually want to see. Um, and last but not least. It, it, and this was just really like maybe like a few hours ago, but it seems like we're going to Smallville now. It may look like our Smallville, like the TV show, and it may you know be you know be literally the same set, but it's not you know it's not the Smallville that we grew up with. It seems like they're that them on the in the Arrowverse, the the small the, the, the Kent farmhouse will be the same as the one on Smallville because. Um, Lois, Clara, Cara, and Barry were, um, they, you know, they revealed that through the, their Instagram stories and whatnot that they, they're, they're filming. So, yeah, I, I mean, this would, this would be a sort of shame if we don't get a West Allen Clovis moment being, you know, at Clark's, mm-hmm. you know, Clark's childhood home. But, um. It would be a shame. I feel like Ty said it, looking, you know, intensely at the producers while saying it. Yep, I did, I did. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, but I guess uh, with that said, uh, let's jump into this episode. Uh, episode 2 of Season 5 called Blocked. So guys, what, were, you, what were your general impressions uh, from the episode? Uh, let's start with you, Tani. 
Um, I liked it. I th- I thought it wasn't as strong as the premiere, but the premiere was really strong, so it'd be hard to achieve. Um, but it had several um, me- you know, individual plots that I thought worked really well. Uh, the only thing that maybe didn't work so well for me, well, the biggest thing that didn't work so well for me was just the villain was just kind of lackluster again. You know, Block was not that exciting. I wasn't I wasn't that into her. I liked that she just kind of like was a woman that just wanted to be evil and like was mad about something and she was like well i guess i'm gonna take my revenge but they didn't really delve into her to her backstory enough for me to like invest in what she was doing and i don't think that what she like we didn't see enough of the consequences of her actions for it to really matter to me if the flash stopped her or not but on the flip side we got a little bit more of cicada and he was and he's and he's you know shaping up to be rather interesting so hopefully they they follow through on that but for the most part, I liked it. I liked the ind- individual character storylines, especially for Iris, uh, Barry and Nora, and Joe and Cecile, which I was very surprised by. And so what were, you, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I echo a lot of that. I liked this episode. It wasn't as good as the premiere, but it gave really solid plot lines for virtually all of our characters. And um, I especially loved about this episode getting to see Iris in rep- full-on reporting mode. Yes! It was so good. It felt so long overdue. I hope we get so much more of this. And it seemed to fit so seamlessly into the episode. Mm-hmm. It felt like, honestly, they should have been doing more of this from the beginning. Um, it's quite a shame. Like, we're only getting it now. But I'm very happy. And it's gratifying to see it now. Um, but otherwise, uh, I love Nora and Barry's uh, interactions and um, his mentoring of her. And... Uh, you know, I think like the plot line, like I maybe liked the least, was uh, Cisco, uh, Caitlin, yep. and Ralph. It was like okay, like I guess you didn't get over Cynthia from like a year ago at this point or something. Um, <laughs> remember, or, in, this, in this timeline, it's still May. For true. Them. Right, right. Right. That's it hasn't true. been that long, okay. but still. Okay, so like but six he, months he or had, so. You're right that you're right that he had a couple episodes after the breakup where he was fine, and now they've like suddenly he's not fine. Mm-hmm. It was a little yeah. weird. Yeah, it honestly just kind of shows some of the failure of how they've written Cisco in uh, season four. So, but um, I think what was, yeah, look, but I agree with you, Tati, that the villain was the main, quote unquote, main villain of the episode was very lackluster. And we didn't really understand a lot of her motivations. She was kind of, honestly, kind of blah. Um, but it was in the last 10 minutes of the episode that really ramped up and got me really invested. Um, yeah, I think that the way they use Cicada in his fight with Barry, Ralph, and Cisco was really great and kept me really engaged. And I'm really looking forward to the next episode, that sort of cliffhanger. They sort of did something they don't usually do with these big, bad uh fights at the end of the episode so yeah i'm looking forward to where else they go with that well i i gotta say i mean i i thought um this was a really go- good follow-up episode for the premiere because i think that this is the episode that had maybe some of the greatest character growth that we've had in, in mm-hmm. a while and I was watching um, Jason Inman and Ashley Robinson's um, review of the of the episode, and I gotta agree with them. Um, um, that there was there, I feel like 
there's, there's, there was a lot of maturity going on in this episode. And I love the fact that right from the get-go, they opened up with literally Barry and Nora revealing to the whole team. We didn't spend, you know, we, we didn't have to do the same trope as before. Like, let's wait a couple episodes and reveal to the whole team later on and make this a dramatic, right. dramatic thing. So they revealed it, and I thought that was, that was great. And, yeah, the villain was what it was, but, like, you know, um, um, how do I put it? Um, I mean, what, I mean, I, I thought it was kind of funny what they were doing. Um, and, um, I, because the powers looked funny, but overall, I, I, it was just funny seeing Nora and Barry, you know, fighting together and so on. And, uh, and oh, but the, getting the, blocked. Exactly. Ding, 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 ding. That there you go. <laughs> uh, um. But yeah, I don't. But like overall, I felt there was really good character moments in this episode. Um. And um. Yeah, there were. But um. So yeah, I like I I I was. I mean, like it's a season premiere is always going to be somewhat higher than you know regular episodes of The Flash or, or in any of the shows and so on. Like I, you know, they always start out big and they do you know they kind of you know, scale back a little bit and so on. Which you know, it's totally fine. Um, but for me, I felt you know, like, hey, you know, like, if I had to if I watched Nora and Blocked like as a two hour premiere, it like you know I felt like it would it would have felt like it was all really tied. It's like a smooth transition, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. It, it was smooth. Like it was like. Um, but yeah, but let's jump into some specifics. Um, uh, let's start with the A story. So, Swar kick us off. So yeah, like as I mentioned before, um, I really love seeing Nora and Barry at work, whether it's being in a CSI or being in the Flash and Excess. And it was basically Nora going along with the typical plot of a Flash episode. Um, following her dad around, getting to learn the ropes here and there. And yeah, I found it really endearing. And I especially really liked the scene where Barry was teaching her the basic physics of like, you know, like she's so, uh, (laughs) right? Like she was so far advanced in like advanced physics and whatnot. But often like, you know, when she's out in the field as a speedster, she forgets the fundamentals. And Barry was, um, teaching her those again so like she wouldn't make the same mistakes and uh yeah it was just like really sweet seeing them both throughout and um you know like i think barry in particular was really realizing how much in common he has with his daughter and i love that scene of him and joe talking about hit him when he was a kid like at a science fair and how he tried to do things in excess just like Nora did and yeah that was super sweet it just like I think the only thing that was a downer for it was uh her interactions with Iris again like there's that distance there and Mm -hmm. Nora has some sort of resentment we don't still don't know exactly why and you know I think and, you know, you had, like, some sadness from Iris as well. Like, you know, that one scene when she's at the crime scene talking with Singh about what was happening, she looks uh, very uh, sadly on Barry and Nora, yeah. wishing she could be part of that. And it was, like, great drama. Like, what I really loved about the drama, like, in that moment and scattered throughout the episode, it was very subtle. It was very relatable. And I think, again, the actors uh, have done a fantastic job with that and can't wait to see mm-hmm. more. 
definitely. I thought it, yeah, I thought it was cute seeing you know them together. Uh, like when she showed up and she was like, "Yeah, I'm his intern." I'm like, I love how Sting was like, "You hired your own intern," and he's like, "Yeah, I mean, you know, there was just so much paperwork going on that you left for me that you know I got I gotta catch up. I gotta catch up, yo, and I needed help." Um, although I do wonder, is Barry in a position where he can actually hire interns? Well, he's like the only one in the CSI department, apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was like really weird. But my, and also, did, did I hear it? But did she actually go and fetch his old CSI jacket? Maybe. Um, and if that was the case, I I wish we could get see, see flashbacks uh, of Barry when he was first starting out as a CSI. But um, no, I will say that it was. You know, I love seeing them working together, both you know as speedsters but also as like regular people and so on but also it's just so mm-hmm. funny like like okay i don't know about i i don't know a lot about csi work i don't know a lot about physics and biology whatever, and so on but it, it sounds like it's gotten so much more advanced in the future because she's like oh, oh yeah yeah like you know we like you know like you're you do you're being basically what i was saying barry you're being so basic <laughs> That was like basically what she was saying. And I'm like, this is hilarious. Um, But um, I am, you know, of course, I I felt really bad for Iris doing so. And I really hope it doesn't take too long until Nora kind of reveals like why she is the way she is to Iris. Um, Because I don't want this to be something that goes on for like 15 episodes. I kind of want to. Yeah. Right. this, This part needs to be resolved by. Uh, episode four. That's the deadline. Well, for me, it is long. I mean, my, for in me, for me, their deadline is episode seven because after that, it's the hundredth episode, and then it's the crossover. So, like by uh-huh. the time, yeah, because I don't know. I just feel like by episode four, I don't think that it, it still feels too. It, for, from their perspective, like if I were the writers, I think that would be too early. So I wouldn't be surprised if we actually still have to wait till like six or seven. But um, no, they, but they, it was very cute seeing them work together, um, and um, yeah, I I kind of just want to see Captain Singh just looking, you know, is reacting to Nora more and more because I mean, like he's the I guess he's the no- more normal one out of all these Flash characters. Like he's the one who's like, I mean, he's the mo- I mean, if anything, he may be the most human character we have besides Joe. Right, uh, so totally. I just, I just want to see him just be like, who is this girl? Like. Is this, like, because if you, if he didn't know, if, because he doesn't know that Nora is Barry's daughter, I would love it if he's like, does, does Barry have his own fangirls or whatever? What the hell is going on? Um, but yeah, no, it was cute. I mean, he has his own museum, yeah, so yeah. Then they will not, yeah, in the future he does. Um, but, um, but yeah, I don't know, like, I don't, I don't have anything else to say about it. Like, I, I thought it was, it was definitely, Again, I love having Nora on the show, and like, and I think like you know, having more moments like this is you know, because you know, last season I know we that's where we had issues with you know that it was too comedic and so. But I feel this is like this is like season one quality of like it's lighthearted, but it's not like it doesn't feel like a kids show necessarily. If you know what mm-hmm. I mean. Mhm. But I uh, definitely know what you mean. But uh, yeah, and the villain they had, she. What was her power called again? Like I don't like because when I first she, she just could... cured people up. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's basically it. 
She turned them into cubes, into blocks of meat. And, um, and yeah, Cicada got um, got her hands on her. So let's, and let's let's talk about Cicada. So we. What? Yeah, we get to we further we get to see his face, you know, like and he has scars all over his body, and uh, Chris Klein is hot. Just saying, because now I, now I know it. Now I know he's hot. And what did you guys think about Cicada's kind of like now, full like for, like full on debut? You know, like now that we have some more depth to him. Let's do what you sorry, you Sarah. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, I thought he was really well used. I think, you know, a lot can happen, you know, a lot can go into how you film and how you direct a character in an episode. And the way he was introduced, we had him from the first scene and with flashbacks to his uh, killing of Gridlock. I think that was incredibly well done. I think that the writers and the director of the episode knew what they want to go for with this character. And it's a sort of different kind of threatening aspect that honestly, I don't think we've really seen before with villains. First off, it's great that he's not a speedster villain. Like we've had enough of those. And it, I feel like with the thinker, they were doing a lot of telling and not showing, which is always a problem. I think that with Cicada, they're really just showing us how menacing he is. Un- virtually unlike any other villain, like on The Flash, that's not a speedster. So I really appreciated that. And again, like there's just so much you can get out of the dialogue and the delivery of the actor that Chris Klein was giving. And I just, yeah, I really found myself enthralled by him. I think that they've chosen a really great actor for the role and the way he, at the end of the episode, you know, we've seen our hero's powers be stolen before, but again, this time it just felt real. I don't know how to explain it. It felt like they were really in danger because of this, uh, meta human killer. And it just worked really well this is like this is one of the best parts of the episode for me and it was leaps and bounds better than you know uh whatever the villain's name is oh man i forgot her name already um vanessa block Vanessa block yeah (laughs) but um yeah i just like cicada is like the one that really makes that impact and i think that they did a really great job with him by the way i just realized something before just quickly like before we go continue on Cicada, Nora is is very acrobatic as a speedster. Like when she was like going after you know this blocked villain, she was like doing like like she was like you know like wheeling and like you know like jumping and whatever and so. On. And I'm like, damn girl, you got some moves. Um, no, but Tally, what did you think about um, like as, you know as as he killed blocked and as we really got into you know. I mean, again, I mean, I've, I really did not, I was really not expecting them to go so deep into Cicada this early on. Yeah, um, well, first I will say that, uh, since I didn't really talk about it, I appreciated how lighthearted uh, the Nora and Barry interactions were, and how they did away with the, you know, 
cloud hanging over our heads of Barry disappearing in 2024 because they could have easily made it an entire season that's a repeat of season three with Iris dying, but with just one, you know, statement from Iris that will we'll change the future when that time comes, so I'm not even going to think about it. Um, we can now move on to the villain at hand instead of trying to make everything a guessing game about a future point. Um, and uh, what I liked a lot about Cicada, aside from what you guys already said, is just how the buildup is, like, there is a real mystery here. Like, for once, we don't have, like, a set plan. First off, like, like unlike last season, we don't have just, like, here is my 27-step plan to defeating the Flash in order to achieve world domination. So we don't know what Cicada's after, which creates suspense for us as audience members. And we are slowly uncovering pieces of him, just like the characters are. Meanwhile... Um, Nora obviously knows something about him. And now there's that question of, does she know because it's in the annals of Flash history in the Flash Museum, she knows how that ends? That doesn't seem as exciting as maybe she actually knows Cicada. You know? Like, could Cicada have been from, like, displaced in time like she is now? Because we know that she supposedly made a huge mistake, and then it turns out that that was fake news, right? But we have to assume that there is a real huge mistake that she has made. And it might be Cicada creating not a new villain in Cicada, but like Cicada has come early. So I don't know. That would be that would be interesting to me. Would this be the Flash's version of an anachronism, baby? It could be. It could be the Flash's version of an anachronism. Yeah, (laughs) maybe that would I think that would be really that would be really exciting. But like like I had mentioned last time, the sound of the Cicadas was terrifying. And they did it again this time, and I really I liked how it was like you can't hear it, but you can recognize him from that sound. Um, oh, and also I loved like because the episode focused so much on the daddy daughter dynamic, right, between Barry and Nora. Uh, but we also have that moment where Cicada stops what he's doing because Nora calls out daddy, right, or dad, or whatever she says. Oh my god, if she is daddy. She, like, yeah, dad. But like, <laughs> that, she, that was such a great like, moment. Yeah, because it's like, does he know Nora? Does he, is he a dad? And that's what stopped him? You know, like, we don't know what, what that means for him. I'm I'm pretty sure he's a dad. I'm pretty sure that he's like a twisted family man. And that, that's part of the reason why he's going on this Mentiman rampage. But we'll see. Yeah, I was, I was really impressed. Because I, again, I, I was, first of all, I was just so surprised that they were even giving us this much focus on Cicada in the, in the second episode. Because I finally, well, they're going to make, like, by episode 5, we will know more about him. But, like, I didn't know we were going to get so much of him in this episode already. And, um, but, yeah, no, like, he feels like, like, he, we know he's a meta of some kind. I think they're just waiting with revealing it. Um, but, no, he's terrifying. Um, I would say this week the Kylo Ren Darth Vader look actually worked for me for some reason. Um, uh, um, again, it's a good look. Yeah, it's a good look. All I need, I mean, <laughs> you know what they could do? If anyone who's good at Photoshop, please replace the the, the lightning bolt dagger with a lightsaber and whatever color a cicada has, make it that on the say on the lightsaber. I thought that would be a little hilarious. Um, mm-hmm. No, but I... I think would He has to be, to be a very compelling villain. Because... Like, this is maybe more, maybe more one of the more damaged villains we've had in a while. Like, you know, trick, the trick... Finker... The trickster. Uh, the Finker was 
I mean, he was just really, really smart. And yeah. in Reverse Flash, he was just obsessed. And Zoom was just, like, almost not, like, he was almost, like, more monster-like. And I think that's what I love about Cicada, is that it's kind of in that reign of, uh, you know, we have, we have a serial killer at our hand. Now he's killed, he's, he's killed two madas. And um, this lightning bolt dagger. Now, okay, was it just, okay, so... Get, let me get this straight. So the, the lightning bolt dagger takes away their abilities temporarily. It doesn't do it permanently, right? Yeah, temporary. Because yeah. Barry was, I think that Barry was already getting powers back by the end of the episode. Okay, okay, yeah. I just, I just, uh, I just forgot about it. I just, I just had to be sure. Um, um, yeah. So I wonder like where this comes from, like. What if the lightning bolt dagger actually somehow is is something from the speed force? Cause oh, it, yeah, because I it, maybe it can't be coincidence that it's shaped like a lightning bolt. Just out of that, I just wonder where it comes from, you know. So, mm-hmm. but no, I am so far I'm, I'm compelled what Chris Klein is doing is doing with that uh, with his character, and I wonder. But the, the thing is, I wonder: it, are we going to see his like? non-altered ego like are we actually going to see david hirsch like as a figure in central city that's what i'm really curious about it's a good i i hope that we do you know because that's one thing that i want more of i always want more of seeing central city how central city works you know which is part of the reason why iris as a journalist which we'll talk about next is so wonderful mm-hmm. agreed yeah because last season we we did we got a little bit of that we got to see you know, the foe being, you know, mm-hmm. like, just as himself. You know, because yeah. I, I, what I still really hope that they do this season is that I want them to kind of, like, do the anti-meta-human debate. And, like, maybe David Hirsch could be, like, he can be the central figure of it. Like, remember, like, that in one of our earliest episodes of season 4.5, where we are kind of talking about, like, with, um, I think we are talking about da- with Daniel Jerome from Hashtag Show, that... What if he's like you know like because we, we didn't know if what, what role he was gonna play but like what if he was like a lawyer or like some sort of like politician who's like we gotta stop these meta humans or whatever and so on. Um, yeah, potentially. But um, you got anything else about Cicada, or are we shall we move on? I think we can we can move on. I I, I second your opinion that Chris Klein is hot and he looked good shirtless. Yes, I, I I was like, ooh, look at those scars. It's hot. In disclaimer, mm-hmm. I I I don't prefer I don't prefer men who are, who have scars and bruise bruises. I'm, that's not what I'm saying at all. But in some cases, it may work. So yeah, I know. Mm. I made it weird. Let's go, Taddy. <laughs> All right, next up is the B or C stories, if you would like to call them, of, of the different, you know, different character dynamics and uh, interactions. So first of all, we had Iris back at it again with her journalism, or perhaps mm. at, at it for the first time. So <laughs> <laughs> I was very excited to see this. I loved the little bits that we got of it, especially like literally Iris annoying Singh into giving her exclusive information is something that I have wanted since like the pilot. I cannot believe that it has taken five years to get it, but it was beautiful. Um, and then to actually see her questioning the police officer going over footage 
and eventually relaying that information to the team. I was like, this is the perfect, like Swar already said, that's the perfect way to integrate her job. You know, we connect with the people of Central City and how these metahumans affect them through her when she's interviewing people. And then she can bring vital information to the team when it's necessary. Yeah, exactly. We should have had this. We should have had this from the start. It just, uh, like you said, it integrates so well. It's just, I know. And I, and Candace, like you could tell while she was acting. Yes. "Yes, This is is what I wanted from the start. And Mm -hmm. she just, again, it was so seamless. It was so natural. Like her doing that, like her talking to sing her, uh, finding the, video footage of um cicada's murder of gridlock mm-hmm. and you know like and it, it was like a kind of soft rebellion as well like against like not being part of the team like you know with yes with uh barry and uh uh nora, ooh, nora yes thank you yeah um which was sad but it like also felt like she, felt fulfilling for her you could tell that both iris and candace were feeling very fulfilled while doing those scenes yeah and we need more we need a lot more (laughs) there's so much more that can be done with this like all throughout the flash maybe in the crossover and just like hashtag let iris go to work please yes I like that you pointed out there was also a soft rebellion, you know, with the with the Nora and Barry team up just because I love that you could see in Candace's face, you know, like that subtle shifts that she would do that she's trying to be strong. And of course, everyone just assumes she's strong and she's doing fine. But it hurts her to see them be so close and her not be able to be part of that. And so in a way, like all the, you know, actually putting herself out there in work is also a way to avoid thinking about the family aspect, which is nice duality there. Exactly. Yeah. I was very happy to see, you know, as a reporter myself, I'm really happy to see our girl back at, at her thing. And I even love the fact that we had, um, we had, uh, when she was uh, going to the, the officer at the hospital and he, and he was like, yeah, I read your stuff. It's good. It's nice to see someone appreciate what she does. Um, although one tip, uh, one piece of advice is that when you go to interview someone and you, and you know, Please state your outlet. Don't just say I'm a reporter. You know, say I'm a reporter for CCPN or whatever she's. You know, or you know, some, <laughs> yeah, like, you, you know, you, giving Iris reporting advice. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. Listen, listen, Andy. Iris is reporting for Iris West. That's all she needs yeah. to say. Also, he read her blog. He pointed out that he reads her blog, so he knew what her outlet right. was. But if she, if he didn't know who she was, you got like it's. <laughs> it is journalism one on one. Like you don't just say. Iris West Allen has never done anything wrong in her life. What is this? This attack? Preach. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. Continue, Andy. Okay, um, I'm done. <laughs> I'm joking. Come back. I'm still here. I didn't leave. <laughs> well, speaking of people who were done this episode, uh, Cisco had to deal with the loss of Cynthia all over again, and the boy was in the doldrums. So much so that not even Ralph's list of 27 ways to get over the love of your life oh could God. perk that, him up. That was what you were referring to, because when you were like 27 steps to defeat the flag, I'm like, why 27 steps? Yes, that's why I said that. Thank you. Thank oh you. Uh, oh no God. one appreciates me, but anyway. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so so what do we think of that storyline, guys? Caitlin yeah. was recruiting Ralph into helping Cisco get over Cynthia in order to avoid Cisco helping her look into her dad. Go. <laughs> do you want to start? So, okay. Yeah, sure. So it was like initially started out sweet, you know, like friends helping each other, but I don't know. It, it kind of dragged, and I felt like there were moments scattered here and there that were good, particularly with Caitlin and Cisco uh, talking and like sort of, you know, being friends on screen again. I think, yeah, Daniel Panabaker actually tweeted during the episode that she was glad to have these uh, Cisco Caitlin scenes again of their friendship. You know, like people love killer vibe like whether you ship it romantically or platonically and it's just like it's a great relationship and to be able to see that but i guess like there wasn't any real sort of urgency to this plot line which um made it kind of a drag to watch to be perfectly honest but there were moments that were here that were here and there that were good but it could have been better i think that's my general take on it yeah, for me, I, I was I I was fine with it, um, because I you know I mean I love Cisco so much. I'm like I don't want him to be sad and depressed. Um, also that 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 hologram that we got of Sin, of of Cynthia was that, re you know, reused footage or was that actually did she actually shoot it? Like, like when when he was looking at her, like he it the seemed like reused footage, but I didn't remember her saying exactly those words. So I was a little bit right. Did they did they put her name in the credits? Because if they did put her name in the credits, that means it's new footage. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, no, I don't know. I, for me, I, I I'm glad. I mean, look, here's the thing. I'm fine with Ralph now being kind of like more of the comic relief and so on, as long as it doesn't ha- include him being, you know, sexist or whatever and so on, because, you know, we don't need that. But, um, yeah, I for me, I was, I thought this was, a, like, it was a decent sea story uh, in what was already a very packed episode. Um, but, yeah, no, I, but, you know, you could tell that Caitlin was trying to just, like, she was trying to just distract everyone from the larger issue since she found out last week what was going on with her dad. And, um... 27 steps? Really, Ralph? 27? <laughs> that, that's a problem where I'm just like, 27? It's a process. It's a process. And, and I love the montage, though, like, when they were, like, trying, like, he was, you know, getting new clothes, and they, they someone tried to cut Cisco's hair, and he just, like, grabs it, he's like, brah, nah. Like, he's like, who did mm. it? You go away now. Um, yeah, never cut the hair, Cisco. Never cut the hair. Um, it's like although, although it would be more comics accurate. I mean, if he did keep the short, keep his hair short, right? Or maybe, or maybe the comics should actually learn from the TV show. Um, true, we, true. We, we need to... No, but you know, but you know what? Both uh, versions of Cisco need to do, right? Never bald. No, no. Like actually, I think that would relieve him of a lot of his stress. It would help him get over Cynthia. Because <laughs> he'd, be... <laughs> he'd be so busy mourning his hair instead. Exactly. Mm. Um, yes. Are, are you are you done, Andy, or did you have I, more thoughts? No, I'm I think done. I just broke Andy. No, I'm just really tired today, guys. So if I, listeners, if I no, I feel you. I listen, am too. Listeners, if I don't seem like I'm in in for it, I am totally in for it. I'm just. It's been a long, long day. So right. forget, oh, forgive me. I'm sorry, anyway. buddy. No, Cisco has all of his beautiful, luscious hair. He's gonna have it yes. forever. 
There we go. Um, so yeah, I had a lot of like, I was like a lot of like complicated emotions about this storyline, LOL, even though it's not that complicated of a storyline, but for me, it's just a little bit, um, how to, how to say this. So first I have the issue that, you know, I, I love the idea of Caitlin wanting to help Cisco get over Cynthia. I think that would be beautiful, but she wasn't actually trying to do that. Right. It was like, here is this unimportant problem. Cisco getting over Cynthia that we can all use to distract from my super important problem, which is my dad being alive. Um, and so I didn't like that. That was how the, the show framed it. Um, and then it had like her, like for, somehow in a storyline with Caitlin, Cisco and Ralph, Ralph was the only character who made sense. Like how is that supposed to work? Um, so for Caitlin to bring in Ralph, who she knows, like, his emotions are like as shallow as a kiddie pool, right? Oh my god. Whereas Cisco's emotions I mean, but that's how that's how they view Ralph, you know? Whereas Cisco's emotions currently for Cynthia run very, very deep, right? He is he is very heartbroken. So why would she think that Ralph and his list of like go to Thailand, you know, and Yogi Bear affirmations are gonna actually help Cisco get okay. over can his someone, Can someone explain the Yogi Bear thing? Because I, um, I, did, I didn't get it. Yogi Bear is like cartoon, and he's a bear. Oh, all right. And, all like, right. that's it. It's, it's, that's it. That's, that's the whole thing. Um, but yeah, so so I know it's like not that deep. Like, it's not an important All right, then. <laughs> so, you want to continue, Tati? Oh, yeah. Yes. Like, it's it's just for fun, you know? But it bothered me that it was treating Cisco's pain like it was just for fun. It's just unimportant. It's unimportant enough that we can move a funny list with Ralph. You know, and then right. when it turns to be about Caitlyn, we get really beautiful scenes between Cisco and Caitlyn because now it's Cisco's turn to support Caitlyn, you know, and that was genuine. And I felt the emotion there and I really loved those scenes, but I resented that the ones that should have been Caitlyn helping Cisco were instead Caitlyn pawning Cisco off on Ralph so that he wouldn't help her. That's it. What else we got? Well, speaking of Caitlyn, her mom. We find out not only is her dad alive, but her mom is the one who signed his fake death certificate. Thoughts, questions, concerns? Mm, the mystery deepens. I knew, well, she, I knew she was a bad egg. I was- <laughs> not necessarily. I mean, maybe something happened with Caitlin's dad that necessitated this. Maybe some bad actors got involved and he needed to hide away for a while or something like that. You know, actually, this so this is kind of random, but if any of you remember the original 90s Spider-Man cartoon series, um, Felicia Hardy... Um, black cat her dad had to do the same thing like uh go away while she was a child and then only come back later in life so you know this sort of reminds me of that storyline it's interesting you know like uh you know i think that he i would imagine that it's going to turn out that he left the family for uh to protect them because of these particular bad actors so i don't know we'll see what happens and when you say Bad actors. You, you you don't mean like the act character, the actors playing these actual. Characters. You mean the act like actors being hired in the show's world, like you no. know, her mom hired actors. What? No, 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 no. I just mean bad people, like in the show, like people. But what, but, sorry, not actual actors, Andy. No, <laughs> right, actors in the play of this story. Yeah, yeah. Because I was yes, like, exactly. why? I was like, what is going on about actors? No, I like. I've known. I knew since her first episode on this damn show that she was a bad egg. I knew there was something else going on that she was hiding that she wouldn't just open up about. Um, yeah, I need to see more. Uh, but this now explains really well why she's coming back for for an episode or two later season. 
But I really, mm. I re- okay, like can we can we just all agree that her dad is definitely gonna be icicle. Like they're yes. they're, they're definitely setting him up to be icicle for for the, for the, for, the, for. I I agree with this. Yeah. I mean, I have no idea, but I'll, if you guys say so. <laughs> <laughs> just, just Google. Icicle was, was an old Justice Society villain. I didn't even know that. You learn something new every day. You learn something new every day. Uh, what else do we have? What else do we got? Well, uh, we have Cecile's storyline. Cecile starts to lose her powers. Um, so she no longer can hear Nora. Sorry, she can no longer can hear Jenna's thoughts, and that's deeply upsetting to her. I really, I actually was surprised by how much I liked the storyline because Cecile's powers were one of my least favorite things about season four. I thought they were super unnecessary and just kind of like a time wasting plot. And so I'm happy they're gone, <laughs> but I felt bad for her and how she dealt with it was I thought really sweet, like that she wanted them so that she could be the perfect mother, you know, and that. Joe West and his armchair fatherhood were what helped her realize that it's okay to be imperfect as long as, you know, you're doing your best and you're spreading love amongst all your many children. So, yeah. I liked it. How about you guys? That's where I want to start. Yeah, sure. Uh, Yeah, I like this uh, subplot. I felt... You know, really like played into, you know, the general theme of like family and mothers and daughters and fathers and daughters and fathers and sons, etc. So like, yeah, this is really good to see. And, you know, I felt really bad for Cecile losing her powers. Like I thought it was assumed in the first episode she was going to keep them. And, you know, maybe we delve into these moral quandaries with her role as attorney general. But, you know, like, I guess if she's not going to have them, she won't. But, um you know, to, to just to like think of like her having basically since her uh, since Jess's conception a telepathic link with her daughter, that is like really incredible to think about. I wish they had gone more into that in season four, and um, you know, I wish like you know, I almost wish that she still had her power so we could see more of that dynamic. But no, it was still like really sweet for her to realize that like. You know, she isn't she doesn't need telepathy to be like a good mom. So yeah, I felt like it was really sweet. Yeah. Yeah, and of course I um first of all I am very surprised at how little Joe has had has had to do in this past two first episodes of the season. Like he like he's he's just grandpa Joe now, I guess. Um but um no, I of course I felt bad for this deal, but you know, like at at, a, at the at the end of the day, we know she's a great mom, regardless of if she, if she has powers or not. So I, you know, so I'm glad that she kind of got to overcome that. Um, I'm still really curious. Like, wait, so does, does does Jenna have the powers now? Is that what goes on? Uh, I don't know. It's unclear because the way that they explained Cecile's powers were that it's like just gestational diabetes kind of thing. So like they only appeared while she was pregnant, and then they would disappear after that fact. So I don't know if it's genetic or if it's just like, like maybe Jenna would have those powers when she gets pregnant one day, you know, as opposed to like having them all the time. Uh, okay. That would be interesting. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm sad she lost them, but you know, Hey, she, at least she realized was remember, uh, she was, uh, um, she, she was, um, reminded that she is a good mom regardless uh, if she has powers or not so 
There's that. Yep, there is that. But uh, no, overall, I think that this is a good. This was for me. It was a solid episode, and, mm-hmm. and I, I think if anything, it really did really good things for Cicada and and the Nora and Barry dynamic, and also of course getting Iris to report again and so on. And I do really wonder if he knows her. If Cicada maybe knows Nora, because the moment she said Dad. And he like he looked at her in a way that was like, "Oh no, I'm killing another father." Like he was more like, "Oh no, it's her." I think mm-hmm. I I I think her one of her big mistakes that she made is that I think she may have accidentally killed his family, or maybe been part of getting his family killed. Oh, hmm, interesting. So like, maybe she didn't like you know, you know quote-unquote, kill them, but, like, he could have maybe, like, maybe she did something when she was running that maybe caused, like, some sort of, like, that, like, maybe she re- she caused, like, some sort of damage when she was running around trying to save Barry the night of, um... No, I guess maybe she... Di- no, because I guess from the Comic-Con trailer that he has been, he's been operating for a while. Um, but... No, I am... I'm really curious to see how they know each other. Like, or, like if she... Because she... She definitely seemed to... She definitely seemed like she recognized him. Yeah, definitely. And I almost wonder yeah. if she's like, Oh, no, you're not supposed to be here yet. You're supposed to be, like, you know, 10, 15 years from now. Well, she did... She seemed very afraid when she realized it was him. So, I, I, I do think it's something has gone wrong. Because otherwise, she would deal with it the way she has everyone else. Like, oh, I know how we get rid of them. And, um, but yeah, good. do you guys have any final thoughts? Tati, you want to go first? No, just the same, just the same, that I thought it was a solid episode. It was, you know, it didn't excite me as much as the previous one, other than Iris' journalism, which excites me all the time, and I'm super excited for more of it. But I liked the character dynamics. I liked that it felt more organic than uh, the last season did. And I hope that it continues in this vein. Yeah, I echo all of that. And again, double down on Iris's journalism. We need to see more. It was so great to see. Give us more, please. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's do some uh, quick uh, tweets and um, emails. So, Tad, do you want to do the feedback for this week? Uh, sure, I guess I can do that. Uh, here we go. <laughs> tweets. <laughs> from Charming567. Can you do that every time you're going to retweet? Like, tweet! <laughs> I can try. Uh, have loved season five so far. Loving Nora and Barry together. Cannot wait to see more of this relationship. Hashtag Big Daddy's Girl. Really interested in the new villain, Cicada. And yes, want to see more of this creepy baddie. I'm 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 there with you, Charming. I think that Nora and Barry is super cute. And Cicada is super interesting. At Prof Pinkwald. Hope we get more Nora and Iris in the future, but love the killer vibe moments. Barry getting Barry getting parenting advice and Iris investigating. Agreed. Killer vibe is the true ship. That's all. Uh, Alexis Waverider. It was slower paced than I would have liked, but it was still good. The Barry Nora stuff was good, but the highlight of the episode was Iris investigating, interviewing Singh and witnesses, and introducing the team to their season's big bad. We need her journalism to drive the plot. I feel that as well, Alexis Waverider. At scoop underscore central. It was a little slow in the beginning of the episode, but I will say the Flash versus Cicada fight was pretty cool. And seeing the poem for next week, I am pumped. Nora definitely has some explaining to do. 
to Barry since she knows Cicada. Maybe she's previously had run-ins with him. That is the question, isn't it? Hmm, chin stroke. At the DA Canary, a.k.a. OG Rachel. Hey, good episode. I really enjoyed it. Nora is a great character, and her dynamic with Barry is very well-written and portrayed. I hope they delve further into Nora's relationship with Iris in future episodes. The fight at the end was pretty cool, though. Though the villain just up and running when Nora arrived was odd. Sorry, I'm... Syntax is... My syntax is terrible. At the end of the episode, when they were like, it sounds like an insect. Of course I know it's Cicada, but I couldn't help you like, it's Mothman! That's hilarious. I had not thought of it being Mothman. That's beautiful. Uh, Emails! We got one email. Only one email. Well, we had we, we, we had a few more, but we had you know because of, because we're running a little time. Bit long. Yeah, exactly. Right, sorry. There's, there's hardly Y'all anyone too else. Late. <laughs> it's too late to apologize. All right, Lauren Waters. Hey everyone, another surprisingly strong episode from this season. I love that the writers finally seem to have a grasp on how to do a solid A, B, and C storyline. Yes, Lauren, which is allowing all the characters to have something to do, even if they're not the main focus of the episode. I can't believe that I'm saying this, but I'm not minding Ralph this season. He seems to be mainly here to support other characters instead of overpowering them to push his own story. I love this song. Seeing Iris get back into reporting was super cool, and the story about Caitlin and her dad is developing into a really interesting mirror to the relation between Nora and Barry. Hmm. Can't wait for next week, and I hope the writers can keep this level of quality going all season. Amen. 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 And yeah, like I said, we had to cut, we had to um, skip some of the other emails this week because we're running out of time. But guys, thank you so much for emailing and tweeting us your feedback. Remember, you can always tweet us and email us your feedback at theflashpikers or theflashpikers at gmail.com. And we will read as many as we have time for on air. I think, I know we spent a lot, a little bit too much time this week on the crossover news, but there was, you know, also that there was just so much going on this episode that we had to make sure we got covered. But, um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. But let's do some plugs and then we're going to wrap up this episode. So, uh, Sora, where can we find you on social media and your other projects? So, whoops, sorry. So, you can find me on Twitter at Swar C. Walker. That's S W A R Z S E A W A L K E R. You can find my other podcast, Beltway Banthas, a Star Wars and Politics podcast. And you can check out my blogs on But Why Though, um, the podcast blog. Uh, I recently had a piece go up on my complicated feelings on. Now, I'm very much looking forward to upcoming live action Aladdin, but I've got some complicated feelings here and there. So, I wrote a piece about it. Hope y'all will check it out and please check out the hashtag SWRepMatters, which calls for diversity and inclusion in galaxy far, far away, the Star Wars universe. And Taddy? You can find me at Marcella's Ear on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find my articles or reviews or comments on withanaccent.com, themarvelreport.com, theflashpodcast.com, and I'm, ep- I'm reviewing Flash episodes at geeksyndicate.co.uk. That's a lot of things. Also, if you like hearing my voice a lot, for God knows what reason, you can find my other podcasts uh, in conjunction with with an, with, with an accent. We do um, Pop a la carte, and then Jessica May and I do Ladies with Gumption, where we talk about all DC ladies in the TV shows currently airing on the CW and DC Universe. 
And you can find me on social media at uh, Andrew Bact on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can uh, listen to me on the Times Podcast, which is part of the DC Podcast Network. So uh, we've just started our first season now, finally, as Times has finally premiered on DC Universe. Subscribe now uh, to DC Universe. Uh, Warner Bros. did not pay me to say that. And I also co-host the Children of Middle Sabrina Podcast, which next week we're going to be rolling out our first season as well so get ready for that so check out sabrinapodcast.com and follow at sabrina underscore podcast and please subscribe we would appreciate it and you can find me at that hashtag show and fan site where you can read my on fan site you can read my advanced review of Sabrina season 1 and now now you guys finally get why I kept saying on air you know in the past few weeks that you know it looks so good that's all I can say because I was under embargo so I couldn't say much (laughs) yeah uh, but it looks really good, guys. You're going to love this show. And uh, you can find some of uh, my upcoming stuff on the Hashtag show as well. And I help run the Marvel port. Uh, so if you love Marvel things, check it out. And, um, yeah, so let's do some uh, plugs now for the um, for the, the podcast. So, Taddy, kick us off. Kicking us off? What? Visit theflashpodcast.com for all the latest news, photos, trailers, descriptions, as well as comic reviews and more about The Flash and latest episodes of the podcast itself, which would be the point of visiting theflashpodcast.com. You can follow the podcast on social media simply at The Flash Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I think one of, like, you know what we should do? Because I know people miss uh, us doing Periscope. We should each week, like, because we all, you know, we all have the logins. We should all do a Periscope session each, you know, so that everyone can get to interact with us. Um, oh wow, Teddy! I know you're camera shy, but I think you would do good, good at it. We did you did really, <laughs> you did really well when we did at WonderCon. So and at, Aww, at Comic-Con, thank so. you. So yeah, there's that. Okay. And you should subscribe to the Flash Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. And while you're on iTunes, hit us up with some five star reviews, as it's a great way to support the podcast and let us know what you enjoy most about our show and the Flash TV show. Listen to the Flash Podcast live on the Mix Radio Network on Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern via the Mix.fm. And you can follow the entire DC Podcast Network at DCPodcast.com where we have amazing podcasts for Arrow, The Flash, Supergirl, Little Tomorrow, iZombie, Black Lightning, Classic TV Shows, Krypton, Titans, and the upcoming Bad Moment Show at DCPodcast.com. Follow the network on social media at DC Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And last but not least, subscribe to our, to our mega feed on Apple Podcasts, Social Radio, and Google Play. And also remember, we do have a T Public store as part of the whole DC Podcast Network. So if you want to get awesome merchandise, shirts, and what have you for the Arrowverse, or Black Lightning, or Titans, or Krypton, or what have you, uh, visit the link in our show notes below. And when you read this, when you watch this, when you listen to this episode on your phone, or if you go to the website, and click on the link, and when you go to our store and you buy something, you you also help support the whole network, so we can keep doing these podcasts, we can pay off for website fees, and hosting fees, so it really helps out, guys, so please get something cool, and, you know, Halloween is coming up, so, you know, maybe you can, get, you know, I don't I don't think you can buy costumes at Public, but you can at least get something DC-related, so you can show people uh, when you go to trick-or-treating, and, you know, hey, I'm a DC fan, give me your, give me your candy. And last but not least, you can email us at theflashpodcast at gmail.com. But that's going to be it for this week's episode of The Flash Podcast. So thank you so much for listening. And from all of us on The Flash Podcast, I'm Andy B. I'm Tatiana. I'm Swara. And we'll see you next time on The Flash Podcast. Mm-hmm.